0: Welcome to Meeple to Meeple, uniting players from around the world. A 30-minute exploration of PJ and Gallus' board game experiences from across both sides of the Atlantic. Each episode, they share their thoughts and opinions on the world of board games, including their
1: favorite themes, games, hot topics, and much, much more. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 51. That's right, we made it past the first hurdle, 50 episodes Now in a 51. As always, I'm PJ. And I'm Gareth. And today we are here. We've got a special guest. We're going to be talking with Sam Barmentler, the designer of OutRun the Bear. Sam, how are you? Doing well. Nice. Nice to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, We're really pleased that you took some time out of your day and worked with all the time difference constraints between the three of us. Uh, we oh, this really is weird for me that.
2: though. It's like one in the afternoon on a Sunday. Couldn't be more casual <laughs> than that. PJ, what, what's it for you, PJ?
1: It is three o'clock in the it's afternoon here. Nine
0: nine p.m. here. So yeah, we are literally spreading the yep. time zone uh piece. And I think, um and we've talked about our run the bear. um Certainly, you talked about it last year. um We talked about it, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and then. Um, on the back of the episode somebody asked me to take it to a convention we went to yesterday so um i'm certainly fresh um from teaching it and uh not outrunning the bear um (laughs) peter do you want to do an overview or sam do you want to overview of the game if people haven't heard about the game itself
1: yeah um so basically and and sam if you you want to chime in obviously of course so it's really simple you're uh you have to outrun the bear, right? And it is a one to six player. Is that right? One to six? Two to six players. Two to six yeah. players. Yeah. Um, and you're moving across a linear path of tiles that are double-sided, which allows for replayability, which is fantastic. And you take a turn, and then the bear moves, right? And it just mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. And we're trying to get to the end of the, of the, uh, the path before the bear eats us. And uh, it can be as pleasant and nice, and it can be as vicious as the players <laughs> want it to be. And apparently Gareth yeah. and I have very different views on this game. In terms or or of- different groups of friends. <laughs> be, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, there, was, there was no friends last night. Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone was um,
0: just trying right. to, to get their way across. Sam, is, is this your first game
2: design? Um, uh, first, first published, yeah so where did the idea come from um it actually uh, you guys familiar with the board game design lab podcast if i can throw a plug in here for them for, for any other designers out here uh so i was working on trying to design a game for a while something really big and heavy something that i was super passionate about and um then they just did an episode that was on racing games and i'm like that's interesting i couldn't remember having played a racing board game before once I really started to abstract that out, I'm like, okay, I've actually played a bunch of racing board games before. Yeah. It's just wasn't really what I thought. But I was thinking just uh, when I, when I heard that idea as a design exercise, I'm like, okay, well, what would I do for a racing board game? And I remembered the old Need for Speed 2 game had this racing That's- elimination mode and I'm like, oh, that's that's kinda of fun. That's kinda of, kinda of a little different. And I remembered enjoying that and enjoying the challenge. And then I just mixed in that old proverb slash joke, how do you outrun a bear? You don't have to be faster than <laughs> the bear, just faster than the person next to you. And uh everything just kind of fell in from there. Um the the mechanics and all that kind of came from just talking to people who don't play many games and realizing they were excited about the idea of the game. So then I knew I needed to keep it real simple. So it was still approachable to them. I was actually talking to, to my dad. He got super excited about it during the pandemic and he was never excited about any board game project I was talking about. <laughs> so
1: he, he was just like,
2: make that, but make it easy enough. I can play it. So
1: that's what I tried to do. That That is that's awesome. What, so, so the, the overall design you had in mind, non gamers and to mm-hmm. play this, you, yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Yep. and is there anything yeah, no, 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 no. you learned through the process
0: that I guess that complexity removing complexity so you started with probably is it a more ball gamers game what how did you streamline it
2: um interesting enough i it, it seems to me that there's kind of three different designers three different types of designers out there if you could put us all into to different categories <laughs> and they they kind of come the clay workers the sculptors, and the uh, painters. So painters, uh, I I describe myself in that category, kind of start with like that blank canvas and slowly add. So they'll go from real simple to eventually more complex. Uh, Sculptors go from real complicated to real simple and elegant um, is the way they tend to move. And then the sculptors... They end up all over the place, pulling things in, throwing things out. And, uh, they're, they're real chaotic from my viewpoint. But <laughs> uh, They also make some uh, amazing and probably the most creative games out there. Uh, you'll find designers who kind of have that process. So um, my game became more complex, not okay. more simple throughout the process. Um, I, it started very basic, just cards and the bear moved on dice. Um, and it started being like, okay, let's make this so it's more controllable which meant adding complexity i love that analogy of,
0: of the three different game designers yeah and i think mm-hmm. it's really it's really interesting to hear how that game got designed because going from dice to i think that suspense of the bear moving once everyone mm-hmm. has moved so uh, in the game at the end um they on the on the board there are footprints bear prints bear paw prints and depending on how many uh, are behind the lead players how many cards you draw from the bottom of the deck and that's how many mm. spaces the bear moves. So sometimes it's, you know, one or two. Or you might get lucky with the with a lot of low cards. And sometimes there's a two or three and you know the bear's the bear's got you. Unless you got some mm. ham. Yep. Or another yep. way of stopping that bear from uh, from grabbing hold of you. And um yes,
2: <laughs> whatever <laughs> happens once you get grabbed by a bear. Because those cards are actually coming from the bottom of the discard deck, though, it, it shouldn't be real random in there. It, it's really all controlled by the players, how fast that bear is going to go.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone's clicked that, actually. I must admit, we've just been discarding cards. I don't think anyone's been... Yeah, that oh, might when you play on that level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah that's we, where you yeah. get
2: really deep into the strategy. That's that's where I play with high-level gamers. playing. Right, the game I need to play a game now.
0: Because, yeah, I think, Jim, we we're playing cards to survive actually you can play cards to
1: to obviously control that bear. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. You it's can It's really obvious, but yeah,
1: yeah. That's a really nice so, design. I want to talk about the physical design of the bear for just a minute. I think it's brilliant. you got like the, cause it's, it, it's the entire width of the path, the tiles that make up the path, but yet it's got the two kind of the feet on either side mm-hmm. that allows it to slide smoothly. Um, how, how did the evolution of the bear? How did, how did, can you take us through that <sighs> process? Okay. So,
2: uh, first prototype, um, first prototype, the bear was a pawn that was sitting on the side of the board. Um, and that, that just, it felt kind of boring. You could tell that it wasn't, wasn't very menacing um, early on. Um, and I just, I honestly, it was a play tester said, you know what would be really cool was if like the terrain kind of disappeared there with how this bear was moving. Um, of course, I wanted something that looked like a bear there. Uh, so, so that kind of put it in that general direction. Um, I think prototype two, I had a bear that spanned the board. Wow. It, it just kind of came real early, and it was just putting the game in front of the right play testers at the right time early on uh kind of kind of just helped that happen and then um it it used okay so now it feels like a big bear but it it literally used to be uh 10 inches tall <laughs> wow <laughs> in the first <laughs> physical prototype that i had <laughs> um it actually uh if if people got to see the game, it uh, packs unplugged in 2021 or uh, Dice Tower West 2022. It had that real giant bear. I even had one person reach out and say, hey, I really want that old giant bear that you had. Um, so I had to send them the print file so they could order it from the game crafter and include it with all their copies that they had bought for friends. But um, it, it just presented a challenge that it was really kind of difficult to maneuver with the board and also uh, the other challenges of putting in a box that was the box size that I wanted and trying to keep it approachable means trying to keep it cheap and I know the game's not necessarily considered cheap by by a lot of people but it's still in that lower range than instead of having to go into a $60 box
0: yeah I think um, some because the table presence is with the bear as it is it still looks like this enormous mm-hmm. bear, you know, coming down on yeah. people. The thought of yes. like that, 10-inch. I do I do need those files now. <laughs> I've heard of them. Right? It's I in, feel like there's an like
1: opportunity. Like
0: a, <laughs> <yeah>. oh, <laughs> they should be shared yeah. with the world. Maybe they should be on Board Game Geek in the file section if you ever release them. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or, it's a, few, or a future idea. Kickstarter file. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Is there anything else you learned through, I guess, uh, this is your first Kickstarter, um, mm-hmm. I guess, as well. And the game was designed through the pandemic coming out of that what did you learn from i guess
2: the kickstarter experience oh geez that's that's a big question um my kickstarter was like nothing else that i had ever done um but the the big thing is just trying to communicate with the community as much as possible um yeah. it, it's it was really difficult for me i'm not naturally just like inclined to spend time with people i did not use any social media before mm-hmm. doing this, and you kind of have to do that in order to build up the community and talk about the game. And people want to know about the game. I just had somebody yesterday reach out with a rules question via Instagram while they're playing the game, and it's only because I'm <laughs> on social media now that I was able to respond while they're playing the game. Um, but it, it's a uh, that was one of the difficulties was just getting into that headspace of like, hey, this is actually important to to talk to people because I've my parents were both entrepreneurs. My mom ran a bakery. My dad was in construction. It's like, you don't have community doing those things. You don't have to to work around a community. That was probably the the biggest challenge. And I'm still trying to learn how to do that and build up the right habits for that. Especially when you've got other, other work that you have to do and keep up with. Is there anything planned for the future for outrun the bear or are you just still, um so right now i've been focusing uh we just opened up our web store uh, okay. for outrun the bear uh last week um so that's been going great uh that was fun and uh also fun to learn how difficult it is to actually pack boxes by hand and then go into a <laughs> post office and say hey i've got 45 <laughs> copies i need you to send out today and then oh i'm back again tomorrow <laughs> um but uh uh So because I've got that going now, I've got a few other things to take care of with that. And then just getting in the routine of sustaining that. And then I'm on to our expansions. There are expansions that we are planning Um, character expansions or something that that we definitely want to do. I I definitely want to add some characters that add some complexity to it. And you never know one day you might be outrunning something other than a bear which mm. might change some of those mechanisms to to bring in the, the more gamery of, of players. Because then that was one of the goals with the game was this is actually something I'm secretly using to bring in non-gamers and say, hey, yeah. here's, here's our next little change. And, right. and just kind of use that to build on them and teach them some other things um, other than just the card draw and card play.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yep. last night we had a mixture of,
0: uh five gamers mm-hmm. um some who we've only ever see once a year but they they game very little so they mm-hmm. they are, they are perfect for that audience through to some mm-hmm. very you know we play games a lot and every and the non-gamer just instantly connected like you say mm-hmm. they were there they love the theme um he's actually designed a couple of his own games but he's he's not a huge gamer as such okay. and um yeah really really enjoyed it um and could see I think from the start that the simple mechanic, but at the same time, the, just the options. Uh, He's mm-hmm. working through all the different options on his cards. Could he play equipment? Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone's engaged from the moment that first card is played, right till the moment that I think the bear was like three steps or spaces away from the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, with pieces of ham being thrown around um at, it's, it's and those games you know everyone else was talking about it, like telling a story you know you've had a good experience when people are talking yeah. about um the yeah. game five minutes later um yep. about all the things that happened on the journey that's
1: mm-hmm. so really
0: exciting um and, I, and is the game on the web store is that us only shipping or is that international as well
2: that is U.S. only shipping okay. uh, right now. We we do have other options that are opening up soon. So we've got the Amazon store coming up real soon. Okay. Um, that's going to be U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Um, and then uh, we there's a web store in uh, the U.K. that's going to be able to handle U.K. and Great. um and EU. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's been a little bit of a process they've got a lot going on through the summer but hopefully soon that'll open up that's okay great
0: great yeah we'll update the the links on the podcast so people can know where to get it from Mm -hmm. um i I picked it up at the uk games expo Mm -hmm. um
2: and yeah that was great yeah that that was one of the top five conventions i've ever been to That, that was so exciting and i i've okay so this is really just a cultural thing but when everyone tells you your game is brilliant you you feel really good after after a weekend with <laughs> so were you at the uk games expo this year yeah yeah damn you, you walked right by me when you picked up a copy
0: did i oh yeah
2: i, I didn't recognize you otherwise I, I would have tried to spot you yeah but... no no, yeah. I, I I had people at the table from like nine thirty in the morning until the doors closed all three days, just playing the game and teaching the game all weekend. Yes, yeah, I, hey. I think go
1: PJ. You uh you you sold out of everything at Gen Con this year, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. So That's, did uh, that did that yeah, free up time? Nice. Did that free up time for you to just kind of socialize and <laughs> build that that social um, muscle?
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, did that free up time? Not really. Okay. Um, the reason why was I was actually at Gen Con with another company that helps out indie indie games. Yeah. Um, and uh, while I was there with them, what it was was I booked the table for a certain number of hours during a couple of days. So oh, okay. I was going to be there at that table, that period of time, the entire time that I was there. Um, but also, I was meeting up with some some other designers, other publishers, trying to trying to do all that. Um, it's once once you get in the publisher space, those conventions become as much business as they are fun. Yeah. So sure. yeah, I get it. So uh, oh, yeah. I I didn't I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with the community, other than I did uh, sign up for some learn to play events. Um. So I had people come and play the learner plays, had a few people like, uh, like you, PJ, came up with their rule books or, yep. or their, right. uh, box sleeves. Yeah. Um, so, so that was fun. Now, I do have to make uh, one small correction. You said you were the first one that I signed. You were not oh. the first one I signed. You were oh. the first one of um, I think you brought me either your box sleeve, right?
1: No, I actually brought my oh, uh, rule, rule book. book?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, it was the rule book. You were the first rule book I had signed. Ah, Yeah, there we go. You you were the first rule book I signed, but uh, UKGE, there are lots of signed (laughs) copies floating around after that.
0: (laughs) Did you any observation between the UK Games Expo and Gen Con in terms of how the conventions are or anything really different?
2: Um, Oh, so I really wish I was able to experience more of the UK Games Expo. I was at my table teaching the entire mm-hmm. time that I was mm-hmm. there. Uh, Gen Con's always a blast; it's so huge, but it's it's also very commercial. So you're there just buying games. It did I did see a lot more people playing games at UKGE. Yeah. Um, the uh, otherwise, it's just general cultural differences. I mean, everybody's gamers, so there there's that subculture that everybody has in common, but um, there are definitely definitely cultural differences about how, how things are approached there. But uh, all in all, they're both great conventions, and I encourage everyone, if you can possibly, attend both. It's on my list. As PJ keeps reminding me every year that
0: I have oh, yeah. to arrange my holidays with my yeah. family to get to Gen Con. That's okay, and, I uh, gotta
1: go to UK yeah. Games. Well, so. you've gotta to come to UK oh, Games yeah. 6. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So yeah, I think that from what I've seen and heard, UK Games Expo has that much broader open play. It's mm-hmm. you know I spend some days mostly gaming um, versus that more commercial side uh, of wandering yep. around the halls. So um, it's a
2: nice mix. I will say, being from Arizona, I'm, I really appreciate the weather around UKGE. <laughs> oh yeah, don't <laughs> think how it was this year. It wasn't too bad actually. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. no, it it was. It was cold. That was a winter day for me. Okay, yeah, it was. I think one day it was warmish. <laughs> I'm trying remember how it was, but yeah,
0: it wasn't. Yeah, that's a nice, mm-hmm. typical English weather with some Vikings out the front. Mm-hmm. Um, do, are you? Do you play games a lot out um, personally? Are you? A, are you games a gamer?
2: As much as I can, absolutely as much as I can. Um, my wife's not a gamer, so I don't get to play as many home games as I would like to play. Um I I do uh play a lot of Terraforming Mars online okay. through their yeah. app. Um and that's that's kind of a lot of my my gaming experience is online through apps. Um I and then it's on the table lately it's been mostly playtesting. Um either my stuff or other people's stuff. So mm-hmm. when I when I get to do a, do gaming events, I have to put that time around playtesting events um, right. now more than more than personal games. Um I do have a fairly large shelf of shame right up above me here. So <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I've got to get those uh, yeah. all to the table at some point. But yeah.
1: I, I can help you with that. I can help you with oh, that. Oh yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just gotta put me up for a weekend and we can just play nothing but shelf of shame. I got you. All right. He's <laughs> <laughs> very kind, isn't he? And yeah. what, what's um what what sort of mechanics are
0: uh, your favorite? What sort of games? Would be on your top top two or three games Ooh. ever?
2: Okay, so my my top two games, um, the only two games that I have rated a ten on uh, BGG are Cloud Spire and Terraforming Mars. Okay, absolutely love those games. Very play different them games too. Every single okay. opportunity that I get, um, they're also very different games from each other, but very, they yeah. provide, yeah, yeah. Man, they provide very different thinky feels that I mm. that I really enjoy. Um, I in school I I played a lot of chess. Um, I was in school lunch chess clubs for for a fair amount of time. Um, and I I learned chess from my grandfather. He's actually the one who really introduced me to games. Yeah, I, I used to play chess and Othello with my grandfather all the time. So, Cloudspire gives me a lot of that thinking ten turns ahead. Mm. Um just trying because that's the whole game is you're actually trying to plan out what's going to happen mm-hmm. way out before it happens. Yep. Um, and, uh, and terraforming Mars, it it's really just leans into the math that, that I love. So it's just trying to make sure everything's being calculated just right. So that's, that's, those two tend to be my favorite and then uh typically my favorite to just throw down with friends and family ends up being king of tokyo or outrun the bear they're designed to kind of fall into the same same demographics so it's uh i can see those two playing nicely together yeah yeah it's always just like excitement at the table when you have that so when when i am playing with more casual people who end up being who i get to play on the table with most frequently that's that's great
1: i've not played Cloudspire. i think pj you've did you pick up Cloudspire? yeah just recently i'm new to the cloud spire world so it's uh yeah that was a great description i couldn't have said it better yeah mm-hmm. yeah i've been in,
0: i invested in too many bones out of that publishing group mm-hmm. cool. so that's that's the path i've been down i haven't gone down the other path because it gets quite expensive as you start buying everything <laughs> it's not yeah. a cheap hobby
2: i, I keep so, on talking trying to talk a friend into burn cycle so that way like, I'm yeah, not that as he's well. got burn yeah, cycle yeah. and we'll play it when we actually
1: get together. That's yeah, gorgeous. That's, that's a gorgeous game. To- Absolutely. So I have to ask you, uh, is bear safety a topic, an issue that's dear to your heart? Uh, <laughs> okay. So before you ask Gareth, why am I asking that in the rule book, if you buy outrun the bear in the rule book, there is a QR code to the national park service, bear safety, i love that (laughs) what what yes see there's a story and i want to hear that okay so um well one of
2: the initial reason why i thought of doing it was i actually remember reading an old article that talked uh it was oh man i i would have been like three when this article came out um but uh i i read the article years later Um, talking about tiny turtle fans referring to kids who watched the teenage mutant ninja turtles getting stuck in sewers trying to find (laughs) the teenage mutant ninja turtles so i'm like all right i'm making a game that involves a real animal an animal that should be respected not necessarily feared but definitely respected um so i'm like okay i i don't want to like I want it to be very clear that, Hey, you should respect this animal after playing this game. I don't want anybody to go up and poke a bear in the butt and hope that things turn out (laughs) well for them. (laughs) Um, But actually just a couple days ago, I had somebody respond to a Facebook ad saying that the game is such a bad idea because it does, because bear safety is a real thing that you have to be concerned about. And she's like, you could have done so many other themes. And I'm like, that's true, but also I didn't tell this to her, but once you play the game, you know, you, running from a bear is not necessarily a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will probably get you. Um, yeah. But also, also I'm like, all right, I, it is something that should be of serious concern for anybody who does end up encountering a bear. So I, I wanted to make sure that that we called that out. Yeah. Even if and it I did take up, take up a line in the rule book that could have been used for something else. Yeah, but it's a good smile. When I read that the yep. first time, I smiled to yep. myself and just thought it's a great bit. Have you ever, have you ever been run? You ever, know, have you ever met a bear? Had to outrun a bear? I have met many bears. I have never had to outrun a bear. You should not run from a bear in real life. Let's just make that clear. They will chase you down. Um, black bears were real common where my family used to go camping okay. in Tahoe, California. Um, but black bears, they're more like raccoons or squirrels. They're they're like. Kind more pests than scary mm-hmm. animals there. Um black bears are known to run from you if you chase them. They're um, though don't go out and try that just because I said that. And not everyone's <laughs> really? going to have that happen. You hear that? Uh, you chase a cub, mama's coming for you. I feel a lot <laughs> of disclaimers on this podcast at yeah. the end of the description. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, uh actually uh, we had bear encounters several times while we would go camping. Our mm-hmm. most interesting of which was a bear that would open up our cooler and get into our cooler every single night and kept stealing our ice cream. And he also got into a tub of Nesquik. Um, actually, uh, Nesquik was the first couple of nights. Then we had ice cream in the cooler the following night. Gets into the tub with the ice cream, sits down in front of my uh, brother's tent and uh, my parents are panicking as the most lactose intolerant bear starts shoveling <laughs> down ice cream into his mouth, and just made that campsite a little unbearable for anyone who knew what they were smelling.
1: Oh, that's a good story.
2: <laughs> that that's great. So I'm DJ. looking through
1: the cards right now, and I want to know: Did there, ice cream make it into the cards? I don't recall there, ice cream. no made ice cream in. in the
2: cards. No. <laughs> No, no, maybe an maybe an expansion. Yeah, there that's you just, yes, an expansion yeah. opportunity there for yeah. sure. There you go. Yeah, I oh, don't know. Lactose intolerance does that speed up a bear or
1: slow it down? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to figure it's that a distraction. out. Distraction, yeah, a distraction. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, if there's anything in future expansions that's going to create a bring in another animal to outrun, you need an alligator you need a gator okay. there needs to be a okay. gator I, i'm kind of interested in seeing some sort of a creature that or an animal that's chasing the bear to find out why <laughs> the bear is chasing us right because the premise of the well, game the like game within a game yeah, now yeah there we go so you can you can have that if you if it works it's all you i don't need credit for that <laughs> all right well thank you pj you're yeah. uh, already in the rule book, right? I am. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Yeah.
0: yeah you can't yep. miss that bit out, can you? Yep. So, and there's, so there was a lot of playtesting done. Um, Every opportunity I got. Yeah, was that a mixture of family, friends, gamers? Because you, uh, you're goodness through the pandemic as well.
2: Yeah. So um, there's probably 12 family and friends that. Okay. Uh, um, wait, no. Let me count because. I've got a big family that all made it in. So uh, eight of them are in. Then, yeah, uh, there's probably 16 of those were were people who knew me before the board game, um, friends and family. Uh, Then most of the other ones were actually the uh, Gen Con first exposure playtest hall right that i yep. did where i met pj yep. um and other ones it was just i hadn't realized like that i wanted to put the playtesters in the rule book i didn't even know that the game was going to go to print at the time mm-hmm. so i didn't collect like all of the other events that i did um so if it was somebody's name who i recognized uh, a shout out there's august in there with no last name he was actually my first play tester at a live event to ever okay. sit down at, for one of my games so I. Uh, yeah that was was him but i didn't get a lot of people from pax unplugged from dice tower west or from smaller unpubs that i that i did um and i i really wish that i had
0: it's good yeah so the rule book um yeah really i mean just talks its way through you know where you need to get to and i like the fact that the um the credits are beginning so like Hmm. every time i open a book i just see pj's name so he's got his (laughs) moment of fame anyway um, for those um, people listening, where what's the web address that they can find your web store?
2: Mm-hmm. Outrunthebeargame.com.
0: That'll be the same. Again, it's going to be on Amazon. There's going to be a UK uh, distributor at some point.
2: Yeah. So um, Amazon, it'll just be the Outrun the Bear listing yeah. on Amazon. Um, yeah, and with the uh, UK option, I, I, just, I don't know that I can share the company's name no, fine. right now yeah. before they put it up there. Um, so I don't don't want to put any extra burden on that, but um, also on on my website there's you can sign up for the newsletters. Um, so big. outrunthebeargame.com, and if you're not in an area where I'm currently able to send games, then you'll get a notification when you are. Awesome, perfect. And what's your socials? Yeah. Outrun the bear. Oh, oh, they are all over the place. Yeah, but mostly outrun the bear game. Um, okay. Outrun the well, bear is kind of hard to get because a lot of people it, yeah. like that joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, OutRun the Bear game is typically me. We'll tag those into the account as well. So, um, cool.
0: Sam, thank you very much. Uh, it's been fascinating listening to you uh-huh. and talking to you through the design of OutRun the Bear. I look forward to some expansions and ice cream has always been of an interest. Um, thank you, PJ, for setting this call up. It's been uh, it's been really good fun. And now I shall go and look for bears. Uh, no, I
1: won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a disclaimer. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe. And as always, we love to hear your thoughts and ideas. So make sure to leave those in the comments. And don't forget, you can also chat with us both on Instagram at Meeple to Meeple.